We're back. We're on. Welcome back to the Virtus Performance Podcast, Season 4, Episode 10 or 11, Unconfirmed Release Date. Uh, again, we're very lucky to have the guest today who, former intern, two times over, we're going to get into that, but we have a thing here at Virtus, and when we finish up our internship, we, we take him out for dinner, we wine and dine him, uh, normally as a group of, uh, or a cohort, and they always say, hey, end of the night, nice to see you, oh, I'll, I'll definitely visit. Campbell, welcome to the podcast, when's the last time you were here? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I knew this was coming. Uh, the last time I was here, that would have to be... Pre-COVID and some. Lockie and KP's engaged. No, I don't know. What was in the car park with all the fairy lights? The open day. No, it was a nighttime gig. Oh, Lockie's wedding. <laughs> That was I that wasn't the, told about, actually. Was that the wedding? That was the wedding. That was the wedding. Yeah, I think that was the last time I was here. Fucking hell. So, as I said at the start, they, they <laughs> tell us- That's embarrassing. That's actually really bad. Yeah, that is. They'll Shit. tell us they'll visit, but they never do. Why haven't you visited, Campbell? I've visited your work, actually. You have visited our work, for, my work. For work. Uh, a lot of times. Yeah. A lot of times, actually. That makes me feel really bad. I'm a repeat offender for saying I'll come visit and I never do. <laughs> Oh, that makes me feel better then. I'm not the only one. That's good. One one of the crowd now. That's good. Uh, What have you been up to, Campbell? Uh, I've been up to a lot of things. So, a lot of things. Since the internship, do you mean? Well, just in life, you know, just the hey, how you going, you know? Uh, But uh, before you we go down that path, not many people know you anymore, so you're going to have to introduce yourself (laughs) anymore. Nah, you just haven't been here for so long that we have such a new influx of people that. That's true. Some of the OGs have moved away, moved on. Some are still here. That's true. So, Campbell. Who are you? What do you do? Give me a quick notes to Campbell. A quick notes to me. Uh, I am a personal trainer slash gym manager slash... Doof attender. Oh, no longer a doof attender. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely a past life now. Uh, Amateur mountain bike enthusiast. Uh, You're a pro enthusiast. Pro enthusiast. (laughs) Massive amateur pro enthusiast. Um, yeah, no, manage a gym, uh, work with a bunch of cool people. Who's your favorite person to work with? Oh, this was one of the questions from who you'll never know. That's definitely a plug question. It wasn't, I'll confirm it was not, it was not a plug question. Okay. Who's my favorite person to work with? Just before you answer that question, this is a bit of ASMR for the people at home. Sugar that that sounded better than normal through these headphones. That was good. Um, who's my favourite person to work with? I'm not letting you off this question. That's a stitch up. It is a stitch up, but this was asked by one of your staff members. So, Actually, um, can confirm this is the only question you got. So, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I never saw in your story, bar the time that you incorrectly posted when I wasn't even coming in. Yeah, that was I was like, I'm not getting any questions from the crowd. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was actually my bad. I'll, I'll own that one. Uh, good, good. Um, I don't know. I'm going to say I spend the most time with Plug. So I probably have a bit of a soft spot for him, but I don't know. I really enjoy that you're actually answering this question. I'm trying to answer lots it. It's so are. hard. Our whole team's unreal, so... Yeah, but lots of people just sit on the fence and go, oh, they're all my favourites. Oh, they are all my favourites. I don't care. I don't Give know. me the favourite. I'm going to say Robbo. Pandering. <laughs> Who is Robbo to those not aware of... Who is Robbo? Robbo and Ben, the, the two owners of the gym that I work at. You are looking for a pay rise here, Campbell? Or? Uh, It'd be nice. Hit me up, boys. <laughs> They will listen to this. <laughs> I hope that. No, they won't. No, they, they definitely won't. won't. Um, but no, look, all things aside, we've got an awesome team. I spend so much time with Plug and my job's definitely got a lot better, a lot easier since he's kind of come on board. So, But the rest of the team's amazing. Talk me through, or talk us through your gym. Not your gym, but your gym. Our gym. Huge factory complex, massive open gym floor, um, hundreds of unreal members, amazing team. Um, we conduct like 60-ish classes a week, I reckon, maybe, give or take. Um, heaps of one-on-one stuff, heaps of small group. We do heaps of footy teams, corporate groups, 
um, external stuff with other squads and stuff down at their grounds. So, yeah, it's a pretty fun time. Should you give the name of this gym? Oh, yeah, it's called Infinite Fitness Peninsula <laughs> in Cranbourne West. 22 Remount Way, come see us. So, no, nah, it's, it's actually a great place. It's kind of flown by. I've been there, like, what, five years now. Mm. So yeah, we're getting old now in this kind of job. Yeah, it's a bit weird. It's weird to think that I actually really. started there not long after I'd finished yeah. my last internship here. That's crazy. <coughs> You're welcome. <coughs> <coughs> yes, <coughs> thank you, Mitchell, for onboarding me. We're just actually calling IFP Vertistoop, I know. Um, oh, <laughs> well, if you guys have bought shares in it, yeah, we sure we can. Oh, that'd be nice, actually. <laughs> Our building's actually for sale, so if you yeah, guys slide that. in and accidentally <laughs> happen that. to buy it. I saw that, actually. We uh, Yeah, we might be on there. We might be able to merge two worlds. That'll be interesting. It's food for another day. I know, that's very true. That it can be podcast 2.0. It's dangerous. <laughs> uh, Campbell, how mm. have you gotten to where you are right now? I love this open-ended question because there's so many ways you can answer it. Yeah, so... <laughs> Look at... Oh, <laughs> how did I get here? <laughs> uh, it, well, it all started when I was at uni and I needed to get my placement hours done. And I thought I'd get ahead of the eight ball and try and get them done in second year instead of third year. And I'd been following you guys on Insta for probably like six to 12 months. Thought this was a really cool place. At the time, there was not many places like this and the other places that are now kind of pushing that better education on coaches and trying to better the industry and stuff like that. So this was probably the first place that I followed that was really showing that people were trying to actually better the industry and it wasn't just uni or cert three through whatever shit provider. No offense. Um, it's a podcast, man. You can do what you want and take offense uh, to anything. <laughs> Say whatever you want. I'm going to start slamming people. It all get edited in the posts. Don't worry. Very good. Very good. Nah, just let it run through start to finish. Uh, Pardon so you. Um, <laughs> so I'm muted. No one knows you, bastard. <laughs> so anyway, started following you guys. Um, decided to come down here and get my placement done, um, which was unreal. The first first iteration, which you onboarded me for. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah? You were the intake before me, weren't you? Yeah. So you just finished, mm-hmm. and then you were just acting like you were owning the place already. Yeah, forced my way into a job. Pretty much. That's a great story, that one. Yeah. I was told no, and I said, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know any different. I was, Lockie was like, you're going to sit down with Mitch, he's going to onboard you. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. sweet. And then I was like, do you work here? And you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. I was like, sweet. Okay. Fast forward seven years later, I'm still in charge of that program. Still here, and I still don't work here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I got my placement done. Uh, it was like 16 weeks then, I think, the internship. Yes. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, it was long. Um. Yeah, and it was really, really good. It definitely opened my eyes to a lot of stuff that I didn't know. And yeah, I started to kind of see this different world of PTing and whatever. So fast forward 12 months, went into third year uni, told them I'd already done my placement hours. They were like, "Uh -uh, (laughs) uh-uh, no backdating hours. And I was like, all right, no worries. So I called up Lockie, said, can I come back? And he was like, yeah, okay. You were the first person to do it twice. Still am the only person I think that's done it. No, someone else has. No way. Who? His name is Sam Jewell. But technically he didn't finish the second time, so. Bastard. I'll have to come back and do a third one. (laughs) Third one? (laughs) I'll come back for a third one. Go on then. (laughs) I'd love that. It's very structured now. You like it. I could. It could take me to a whole new level. But came in and did the second one. And got that out of the way. And long-standing joke that you were so shit in the first one, which you weren't. <laughs> is that all. a long-standing joke? Yeah, between us, of course. Wow, actually, that's rough. a lucky thing. To be fair, that is a lucky thing. Lucky fair. just tells everyone that you were so shit the first time you had to come back and do it a second time. Oh, yeah, which that's was fine. severely incorrect. <laughs> that's just fine. so you know, that's what Lucky says back. That's all good. He I'm, will watch this too, so he'll, I'm he'll, used he'll, to he'll it. chuckle at that. Lucky, I know where you live. Do you know where his new house is? No, he doesn't need to know that. Um, and then once I got the second one done, uh, I ended up coming back and getting signed off for the hours with Lockie and he said, have you thought about where you want to work and all this stuff? And I basically said, I've been following this gym for a little bit and they look really cool and I wouldn't mind maybe one day ending up like coaching out of a gym that looks like this. And I showed him a photo of IFP and he goes, oh, I know the boys that own that. I played footy with them. Um, do you want me to ask you if I can get you a job there? And I was just like blown away um i was like two or three months out of uni probably not even i was probably still finishing off my fourth year um 
and I was just like, surely this won't happen this quickly sort of thing. And then um, he asked them. They said they didn't need anyone. And I was like, all right. That's cool, yeah. Yep, yep. Happens to the best of us, mate, don't worry. Got shut down immediately. And then um, it was about, I can't remember, maybe like a couple of months after that. And then Lockie messaged me and said, oh, are you still looking for work? Like those guys that I asked, they're actually looking for someone now. And I was about to go overseas on holiday. And I said, yeah, I'm still looking. He organized an interview. Went and saw him the next day and they said, go have a good holiday, come back, chat to us when you come back. And then now I'm here, five years in. And it was Europe, right? Is that Europe? Europe? No, I went to Thailand. Oh, Andrews. Yeah, it was good. What happens in Thailand stays in Thailand. Yes, all of it stays in Thailand. <laughs> some of it comes with you, though. <laughs> uh, some of it came back with me, yeah. <laughs> uh, nah, it was, a, it was a good time. And I was very lucky to for them to say, look, just go have a good holiday and we'll still be interested in you when you come back. So it was pretty cool. Role-wise, what does your day-to-day or your roles and responsibilities look like? Um, so now it's a little bit different. Like, I guess at the start of last year, it transitioned just from coaching full-time and doing heaps of stuff on the gym floor to then trying to grow the team, trying to grow the business. Um, and then Matt obviously came on board to work alongside me as well in more of an administrative sort of role. Who? Sorry. Who's Matt? Cut that out. <laughs> Plugger. Um, you might be the only person that calls him Sometimes, Matt. I don't know why, <laughs> sometimes I just go, oh, I'm going to call him Matt. And it's some instances and I have no idea why I do it. It's quite funny. Because oh, I get it. I reckon his mum's the only person that calls him Matt. Probably <laughs> no, nah, his mum probably calls him Plugger. Yeah. One I don't of those know. people that just everyone knows him by nickname. Yeah, for sure. But now it's yeah. So now it's a little bit different. Now I've got to oversee. We've got like six coaches, I think. Um, plus Matt's my offsider. Plus we've got the boys above us where we have all of the more serious conversations and stuff. So day to day, week to week, still coaching like thirty three sessions a week. Um, and then aside from that, doing a lot of back-end stuff, organising schedules, changing coaching times for the cl- for the guys and uh, moving things around when we need it, adding things, pulling things out. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What's your uh, favourite and least favourite part about the job now? Being a manager. Being now? A manager. Yeah, that's changed. Oh. <laughs> that's definitely changed. <laughs> uh, it's, funny, it's funny that though, because like earlier on, the things that I thought were hard, as soon as I started managing more people than myself, um, I realised that those things actually aren't that hard and trying to consider what everyone else is doing all the time is really challenging. So um, the thing about the job that I least like as a manager is probably like, how do I say this? Say it. (laughs) How much... It's not that it's a bad thing. It's just that it's the hardest thing about the job is getting in new staff, educating, trusting people, like trusting people early on when you haven't actually worked with them for a long time with responsibilities and trying to build them up and not realize, especially in the beginning when I first had to do it, not realizing how many things you know and how much there is involved in what you do that you just don't realize day to day. Like you just get to a point where you do all this stuff automatically and you don't think and then you get someone in who is just fresh as a daisy and you go, Oh, I'm going to teach you how to do my job. Yeah. And then you start teaching them and you're like, well, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. So that was a huge learning curve. So I guess like in short, like managing everyone else as well as yourself, it for a while was like just 24 seven. All I was thinking about was everything to do with the team and I couldn't really switch off from that. Yeah. So what do you do to like, what do you do? How do you like to? Well, well, well. Words like CrossFit getting me. For reference, anyone who that twenty point three. Yeah, seriously. Anyone who uh, sees me battle with my words for the next <laughs> probably half an hour. Uh, I did the open workout this morning, twenty three point one, and I was battling. Oh, twenty twenty three point one is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, twenty three point one. The open. Yeah. I'm actually so cut that you didn't tell me you were doing it. I wish I knew. Well, to be fair, I didn't know I was doing it until I said, "Fuck it, let's do it." And I was like, oh, "I got twenty minutes before Campbell gets here." It's the best way to do it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's an efficient workout, though. It 40 floor- minutes, 60 ya. cal on the roller, 50... Toast ABB. bar. No, yeah, toast bar, but I did knee raises, scaled. 40 wall balls, 40 30 wall cleans, ball. 20 chin-ups, which I did rows because lefty shoulder cooked. Yep. Excuses. <laughs> Within myself. And then... Not registered, not affiliated, doesn't fucking matter. Because of the motivation that walked in the door and got behind you, what did you then do? Oh, the extra 25 cal. Yeah. Ah, 24, 24. 24. 24. Yeah. Needs work. You had 25 if you gave it that last one. Yeah. No, I thought, no. You know what? 
Ah, well. Uh, that was good. What's your training look like at the moment, actually, on that note? We didn't talk, we didn't talk about the favourite part of the job. Uh, I've got another question after this I just thought of, so go on, as you were. Oh, you're on fire. Um, the it's a sugar-free V. It's going <laughs> to be true. <laughs> That's very true. The, uh, the best part of the job um, is, this is going to be a little bit cliche, but it's so true. Um, coaching people and seeing people come in like even on days where they go, they're doing it really tough and then still just sticking to the plan and like going through the peaks and troughs that you just go through when life's like throwing shit at you and they're just sucking it up and just trying to keep moving and you can be there for them in those moments and like tell them it's going to be all right and, and actually like help them through it. But, um, I think that that is a really special thing because like we train and like we know, you know, like what that's like. And if you're someone that has trained repeatedly for like a decade or more, um, you know that you can just keep going even when things are shit. Whereas like I think people that are like new to fitness at the first sign of something not being right, they just get derailed completely and they think the world is imploding. So I think building people up to that point where they do become more resilient and they become more understanding that, it's a long-term thing, not a short-term thing. Durable and robust. Robustness. Quote, Greg Day. <laughs> That's the great. Ability to adapt and overcome external and ex- internal stimuli. Quote. E- excellent. Greg Day. Quote, unquote. <laughs> Quote the man next door. <laughs> <laughs> wise old owl. Oy, I mean, old. sorry, wise young silver fox. <laughs> to be fair, we've taken a photo of him downstairs before for one of the courses he's running. Taking a headshot, he goes... Fuck, I look old. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what He to say doesn't that, even. He's looking good for his age. <laughs> I, know, I was like, I do he's not know what to say good. to that, Greg. So well, I'm just going to let one through to the keeper. Uh, he's doing well. He's doing well. Your training. Talk to me. Second part. My favourite part about you. The day you walked in here and said, I'm going to max out the trap bar. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we talk about that story first? I'd like, I love this story. I, talk, I tell I don't the story. Even, you can tell it because I, I don't really. it all the time, just so you know. Okay. Oh, he hit me with it. Campbell Lawson and I were talking about it last week. Oh, I actually want to hear this. Campbell's uh, first visit post-internship came in here, all big puffy chest. <laughs> Did I actually? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that this sucks. Is belt on. You bought your own chalk. Like, this is this oh, top-tier shithousery. <laughs> this is peak uh, powerlift, amateur powerlifter yeah. phase. <laughs> yeah. Ultimate shithousery. Campbell walks in and goes, I'm going to max out the trap bar today. I'm pretty sure you stopped at like 180. <laughs> I didn't. I actually didn't. I can t- I no, can attest to was, that. I think I'm pretty sure it was like 210 or 205 from memory. And there was still like a good inch and a half left on the trap bar. And I just remember you being so deflated and defeated going, fuck, I ain't shit and walked out. <laughs> All right. I, I'm going to jump in here and I'm going to correct this story because that is not true. Um, I don't remember it being that big of a deal that I marched in and said I was going to... I don't remember walking in and saying, I'm going to max out the trap bar. But... That's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty wanky. Um, what actually happened was it was 225. It was 225. <laughs> I knew exactly how much it you was. You dog. <laughs> <laughs> you dog. Yeah. It, was two, it was 225 and Jess Ryan, bless her soul, <laughs> was squatting with me and she buried a squat pretty badly trying to max out and it stopped all of us. Uh, or stopped her and I training and then we had a bit of a chat with Cam and learned how to (laughs) uh, get out of a squat that was going to bury you, which was a really good educational uh, moment, but yeah. Yeah, but that's not a good story. That's not a good story. (laughs) And poor Jess. Credit to you, Jess. Jess. And poor Jess. Um, The only thing I was salty about not maxing out the trap bar was that I felt like I could have kept going. (laughs) Frustrating. Anyway, that's all good. Your your story is definitely more along the lines of Wallace telling everyone that I was the shittest intern in the first intake. True. Second in probably oh, because no, of that story. Third intake, I reckon, because I did the second one. I was third. Do you want me to really like mentally screw you up right now? Oh no, I don't. That was seven years ago. Oh, I don't say that. <laughs> That's so weird. I literally started my internship a week from now. Really? Seven years ago. Yeah. Wow. Last weekend in Feb. That seems like at the same time, it seems like so long ago, but also not. Do you want, do you want another thing to mentally scare you? I'm ready. I get long service leave in June. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> How weird is it? That's weird. Seven, seven years of service. Wow. Does it come in at seven? I thought it came in at ten. Nah, you get six weeks and seven years. 
Oh, well, there's hope for me yet. That means <laughs> I've got like... Look at you like, shit, what am I doing? Wow. Oh, boy. i got 18 months to hang around then. That's good. Yeah, now you know. That's good, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to count down the days so that pops up. That's good. Your training, Campbell? What's oh, my like? training. No, um, I, I'm very good at going off a tangent and then bringing us back. That's, yeah. that's my job over here. Your You're good at coming in. coming back from the tangent. I just stay on the tangent <laughs> yeah. and go to another tangent. <laughs> I'm terrible with that. Podcasty, mate. You can, can do what we like. I had a programming consult that was supposed to go for 45 minutes and the last 10 minutes of it was programming and the first 35 minutes of it was probably nutrition and generalised training chat. So Still all relevant. I tangent hard. Still all relevant. Um, Training-wise, so, yeah, at the moment, training's a little bit uh, getting in what I can in terms of, like, riding. Um because I've just got the social calendar is like stupid at the moment. Um, All right, Mr. Popular. It's a, nah, it's the year of weddings. So there's a lot of weddings coming up. But training-wise at the moment for me is like two heavy lift in the gym, uh, one conditioning day, uh, and then one to two rides per week. Um, but as an example, I was planning on – I've done two sessions in the gym this week. I was planning on riding the Savo tomorrow and Sunday. So, because I'm leading into an event in about six weeks, um, like riding takes more of the focus when I've got the opportunity to do it. Um, But if not, if there's not much competition and stuff on, then just training the gym flat stick and maybe one ride a week. So, but yeah. But it's a big mix of everything. Like I do two two lift days that kind of just hit all the main stuff, like heavy push-pull, heavy squat, heavy dead. Um, and then some plyos and throws and stuff like that. And then the conditioning day is more just like an extra if I don't want to do a second heavy day or if I don't get a, mu- a lot of riding volume in that week, I'll just like do the conditioning multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favourite part of that training right now? Uh, Powerlifting background into a general kind of background. What do, you, what do you love doing now? At the moment, oh, like training right now or training styles? All of the above. All of the above. Um, training at the moment is good in the sense that, like, I'm excited but nervous for what I'm training for because yeah. um, it's a bit scary. Uh, but otherwise, other than that, like, I like now just doing a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, I still like lifting heavy on the main lifts and stuff. Um, love like throwing in like ollie complexes and stuff like that i haven't really done a lot of that structured like i want to do more of that um but i've certainly for the last little while been doing a lot of plyo stuff um less of that like typical volume work and hypertrophy and stuff more like just some heavy stuff some accessories a lot of plyo nice yep do you want to talk about what we're training for or what you're training for yeah so i can do that um I have entered... This is where you get to nerd out, by the way. Because our little topic here is going to be extreme sports. Oh, extreme sports. Just you in general and extreme sports and how they relate. But let's talk about your events first. Okay, no worries. Um, So I've just entered the EWS in Tasmania. That's uh, the round that's at Derby. Um, So the EWS, for those that don't know, is the Enduro World Series. Um, it sounds very fancy and it sounds like I'm a pro athlete, but I'm not. There you are. <laughs> I'm definitely not. <laughs> so I'm just a punter that races at a state level. Um, and I used to race national level events when I was younger, but I don't do that anymore. Um, but the Enduro World Series has resumed again now post-COVID. And what they've done is they've opened up amateur categories for people to enter who aren't in the pro cut. So historically, like at that level, you need to have accrued UCI points to be able to go and race at the world level. Um, and there was like a minimum amount of points per year that you needed to accrue to be able to enter the events. And you only got those from like, say, national championships and eligible rounds where the points were on offer. Um, so for the amateur categories, there's no entry requirement points-wise or anything. Um, so you can just enter and see if you can do it. So just biting off more than I can chew and just <laughs> see, and seeing what happens. <laughs> Adapt and overcome. Yeah, that's it. And a lot of improvisation. <laughs> Where's your uh, fascination for, well, biking, but like extreme sports in general? Because to an extent, it kind of is. Yeah, it's Would definitely. Would you extreme sport? Like it definitely is, right? Yeah, it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, what's, yeah. what's the fascination? Fascination. There's my words again. Inherent danger. Fascination. What's your fascination with extreme sports? So. And where does it come from? 
Oh, that's a great question. Where does I that come you're from? Have to talk about your feelings. It, it, it almost doesn't make sense that I decided to do this as a sport because my mum would attest to this. When I was younger, I was very conservative about like just throwing myself out there and doing things that were scary. Like I wasn't. You see those kids all the time that just got no fear, throw themselves off things, break themselves, or get up and they just don't care. Like I wasn't really that sort of kid. Um, I was kind of just like a do everything kid. So I could do everything pretty well, but nothing like amazing. Um, and then just when we were younger, we just, as everyone does, like everyone's riding bikes around the neighborhood and chilling with their mates and building jumps and doing dumb shit. Um, it kind of started with that. And then once one of my mates bought, you know, a bit of a better bike and went to a race and then I went to watch. And as soon as I saw the first race and went to watch, I was like, this is (laughs) the sickest thing. Um, and then what made it appealing? What'd you go like? This is awesome. Um, I think it was probably the first uh like racing style event that i'd ever seen that wasn't like car racing because when you're a kid like obviously you know when you're driving cars and racing cars and stuff but i think it was the first thing that i'd been to where you were like in a crowd close to the track it was high speed um you know the races like flying past and everyone's watching and cheering and whatever um and it was just really cool for spectators to be that close to something that was like so much action um, not to say that like other sports aren't like action packed, but this was like, you had no idea who was going to crash and break themselves, who was going to win by a massive margin. It's just like so unpredictable. Um, and it was just really exciting to watch. Like every now and again, someone would come down and they'd be amazing and everyone would be like, that's awesome. Um, you know, they've never ridden that fast or whatever. There was a big sense of like pride in the spectators watching people doing really well and like seeing them succeed even if they didn't win. Um, so, yeah, it just felt really close-knit, like the crowd and felt really invested in the riders. And it was just such a cool, cool thing. And I just got addicted to it straight away. So, yeah, then fl- fast forward like 15 years, it's just like nothing's really compared to that ever. Yep. So, what yeah. ke- What keeps you in it now? I, I love this look because like, fuck, I knew this was coming, but I didn't know this was coming. I, to be honest, I actually, it didn't cross my mind for a second that we'd talk about bikes. So this is mad. <laughs> um, Man, that's all we're talking about. So, yeah, this is sick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about bikes all day. Um, so now what I'm finding, so I've gone back to racing now post-COVID. I actually gave riding away mostly and definitely racing away for a long time. Like I stopped racing in like 2012 after like massive injuries and all that sort of stuff. And I just was like, can't do this anymore. Um, Had a massive hiatus of it, off it. And then have come back to it post COVID because I started riding a lot more in lockdown. Um, And then now coming back to it, what I'm finding is I'm just doing it because I love the feeling of going racing. Like I love the weekend, the lead up to it, going there, setting everything up, being in the pits, getting the start gate, hearing the beeps go. Every part of it, I just absolutely love it. And I think what I've come to realize now being a bit older is that like, that's what I actually enjoy is just doing it. It's not about results. Whereas like when I was younger, it was all about results and I just put way too much pressure on myself. So that kind of towards the back end of that junior era, um, it kind of ruined it a little bit for me because ultimately I wasn't at the top end of the age category um, and I was competing against kids that are like pros now and they've won worlds and stuff like that. Like I was never going to be in that, that category. Um, but back then I just really wanted to get good results and I put so much, um, importance around that, that it just took all the fun out of it. And now it's just like, I don't give a shit about results. It's just all about having fun. Sure. What are you, so. uh, what are you good at and what are you shit at on the bike? What, what's your strength? <laughs> what's a weakness? Um... What am I good at and what am I shit at? Uh, Farah, that's an interesting question. I would say I'm not good at uh, not overthinking things. So Sounds unlike you. <laughs> yeah, anyone that knows me would attest to that. Uh, hyperactive brain, for sure, in terms of the anxiety around controlling things a bit. Um, yeah, I, I think like now I'm finding that I can tell when I ride really well and I relax and I, I hit things really well and I feel that like bit of like flow state sort of thing happening. But I think there is a lot of like 
almost like past trauma from hurting myself so much and from putting all that pressure on mum and dad and they like footed the bill for my medical stuff and that's ultimately why I stopped racing in the end was like I just didn't it wasn't fair on me and it wasn't fair on them and I think like I sometimes hold that tension when I'm riding or racing because I just don't I don't want to end up there again um even though I had a big injury last year like I got through all of that my on my own because I was like now I can I can take care of all this stuff like this isn't a problem anymore but I think I still hold a bit of that like I don't fully relax and just let it be and not think about the possible negative outcomes um but at the same time I'm definitely getting better at just not overthinking things because uh, I'm actively working on trying to be better at it how do you get yourself back in flow state or what are your triggers to get yourself back um I always tell myself there's always like two two cues it's like a movement cue like when I'm riding and I always say eyes up and let it roll mm-hmm. um because I find like when I look down too much, if you're looking at what's like right in front of you, you're too too worried about like what you're on top of. Yeah. But it's not about where you are; it's about like where you're going. Yeah. So you I always have to. You, I've always got to keep reminding myself to like look up, whether it's like technical stuff, corners, whatever. Because you'll just ride a lot better if you just let it happen, and it also keeps you thinking in the future, not in the present. So you're always looking for what's coming. You're not stressed about what you're actually doing. Um, and then letting it roll is just trying not to break so much. Cause like when you panic and you are worried about what you're doing and you think you're going to make a mistake, you, you'll start breaking more. And when you're breaking more, you're taking momentum away. So when you've got more momentum, you're more likely to just roll over things. So you actually, you panic, but it makes it worse. So yeah, that's my little thing. Eyes up, let it roll. Nice. Like it. Put that shit on a t-shirt. <laughs> Sell it. <laughs> Good dude. Should make stickers, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, uh, for a little bit, I had it on a like there was a piece of uh, like uh, electrical tape in my top tube, and I just ride it on it and like permanent right. marker. So you could turn that into a t-shirt sticker. I mean, I'll buy one. Yeah, I could do. I mean, that's uh, what? Um, I was gonna have a really good question then. Now I'm thinking about let it roll in t-shirts and merch. And no, no, this one, this one, hit it. No, this one. I gave Campbell the button for how to mute himself and he just royally screws. <laughs> no one can hear you now because you're muted. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. So he just royally screwed the pooch on that one. I, okay, got, no, I got no idea what I'm doing on a podcast. I'm so <laughs> out of... podcast before, actually? I've done one. Me and, me and Plug did one. In the Game Face Studios. In the Game Face Studios. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've seen that, actually. Yeah, it was good. It was good. That was like... I had no idea what to expect and I didn't know what I was doing what it felt like having cans on listening to yourself having i was cans just on yeah because he calls them cans <laughs> <laughs> he calls of them cans as soon as i heard it i was like i'm so using that yeah i'm gonna steal that actually yeah so he was like oh yeah yeah yeah. once you got the cans on like rah, rah, rah. and i was like the fuck are the cans what are you talking about and he's like the headphones <laughs> so I'll take that. the first time i was so i had no idea what was going on i was just like looking around the room i was like I can hear myself better than normal. I mean, there's a lot of things to look at in that place too. It's not just a yeah. There was a lot of stu- there was a lot of stuff around. Yeah, yeah. Um, damn it, I forgot a really good question. I was really excited about. We were that. on a roll there. Yeah, I was really excited about my question too, and I can't what it was. Something oh. about riding. Yeah, eyes no, up. Yeah, it's always about riding. We're talking okay. about riding for the next twenty minutes. Oh, sick. Um, what's how would you describe your sport to someone who has absolutely no idea what we're talking about currently? Oh, because I shit. Say, it's not a common sport. It's uh, yeah, it's not common. It's definitely grow. It's growing mm. like out of control but yeah it's certainly not like your footy netball Absolutely. everyone everyone's in and around it so um when i was oh well some people will have seen like cross-country mountain biking it's in the olympics mm-hmm. so that was pretty big for the sport getting that sort of exposure but there's all these different disciplines so like if you have we'll liken it to like running so like you've got sprinting and then you've got like long distance so downhill in mountain biking is like the sprint format um, which is basically start at the top of the mountain, race the course to the bottom as fast as you can over like all the rocks and jumps and steep sections and whatever. And then the person who gets to the bottom the quickest is the winner. Um, but then at the other end, you've got like cross country where people just ride around on a circuit up and downhill for, I don't know, an hour, multiple hours, whatever, but they're all on course at the same time. And it's the first person to cross the finish line wins. So you've got these like endurance formats and then you've got these sprint formats. There's other ones as well at both ends. Um, But then what I do now is this discipline called enduro, which almost combines both 
into one. So instead of what we used to do with the downhill, we get driven up to the top and then you race down to the bottom. The bikes that we have now, you can just ride all day up and down and they're incredibly capable on the way down. So I could probably do 90% of what I could do on the downhill bike on my current one, but I can ride uphill all day, um, which is pretty sick. So with the enduro format, when you're racing, you've got say five or six different tracks that you'll race. And then on the practice day, you probably get time for like one practice run on each one. Um, Try and remember what it is that you're actually doing and then on the Sunday you come back and you race all of, them, all of them as quick as you can and in between every single one you've probably got to climb back up to the next one yeah yeah. so it's a full day of riding it's like the enthusiasts um, it's discipline the, I feel like it's the well-rounded one but it's also the I'm not good at either so I'm going to get good at both is that correct I don't know tell me if I'm wrong but it's kind of yeah so yeah essentially so I think with the endurance stuff you've got to be like so incredibly fit like it's just those guys are like yeah it's nuts how fit they are and the downhill stuff they're super fit now but it's more so heavily weighted towards skill and um just basically how big your balls are yeah literally. yeah because it's terrifying not touch the brake (laughs) it's terrifying the size of the features and stuff that they have to do now and and the speed that they go at as well like even the the girls at the world level are insane like it's just crazy what they can do and the juniors that even the junior girls are insane like so the level of the entire sport has lifted so much but the category in the middle that i do is sort of like you don't go a hundred percent like you do in the downhill race because you've only got one course with that so you probably go like 80 like 90 percent hard on the way down but then you've got to have the fitness like the cross-country guys to be able to ride all day up and down and get through the day so it kind of encompasses like the fitness and the sprint and the skill um because the stages that you race are still plenty hard um but it's just yeah it's not like the downhill stuff how do you get out of your own way and what i mean by that is there's a 20 foot drop how do you Mm. what's the process for you or what was the process yeah to get out of your own way of going "Hmm, i'm not going to do this or hey i'm going to tap the brakes i am going to do yeah so stopping that like yeah that panic button. I think basically increasing the size of your cojones. <laughs> how do you? How would I've you got a secret because, button. <laughs> because honestly, like that can be taken to so many things in people's lives that it doesn't yeah. have to be just jumping down a cliff. Yeah, uh, that's very true. There's there's so many parallels, and this is why like my parents were like such huge supporters of mine when I decided to go and do this as a kid, because they were like, "You're just learning crazy life skills out of like literally just trying to do shit on your bike and not hurt yourself." Mm. Um, it's like, it's so weird when you like ride up to a feature and you're so scared of it, like a few times and you keep stopping and you keep stopping. Um, and then all of a sudden you just have this breakthrough moment where you just don't stop. And then you go like, I had a massive one of that when I was like 15. Um, there was this course that we were practicing out near Hillsville and there was a big jump like over a road. So like where the shuttle car would drive up, you would start like on the high side of the hill and jump over the road and land down the hill. And I reckon I rolled into this jump like 30 times and stopped every time and panicked and shit myself. And everyone was like, oh, you're not going to do it. And then all of a sudden I just had this moment where I just kept going and I just didn't stop and I just did it. And I think like it's almost a little bit of, you have to just compare what you're doing to things you've done in previously. Um, and what are some comparisons for you? Sorry to interrupt. Or just in comparisons for you? Oh, on the bike, it's just previous things that I would have done. So it's like, I'll go back to a memory and be like, oh, remember when you did this and what the speed was and what it felt like and, you know, what you did with your body or, you know, what the takeoff's like or whatever. You're always cross-referencing like things that you see against past experience. And sometimes you've just got to say to yourself like, you can do it and just trust that it's going to be the same as that other time. And you just try and emulate what you did the other time and just relax and let it go. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. What were you saying before that? Apologies. Oh, no. <laughs> Here we go. Campbell needs to get ball back. Hill, down the road. <coughs> oh, yeah. Areas. Yeah, so that that one example, like I was so young. Um, yeah, I was so young at the time and it was probably something that was a bit beyond me at that point, skill-wise and all of that sort of thing. But yeah, for whatever reason, I just got out of my way and just did it. And then after that, that kind of changed things a little bit after that. I was like, oh, I can do things that scare me. Yeah. Um, 
and it, it's not as bad as what you think it is. Like you can look at something and it can be so scary um, and then you do it and you go, oh, that's so easy. Like yeah. why was I scared of that? So I think like there's big parallels there where like things a lot of the time we make up in our head like a, an outcome before it's happened yep. and you have to tell yourself like that hasn't happened yet. Like, 100%, yeah. Barriers only exist because you create them a lot of the times. Yeah. And it's really, you mean like it's like jumping in a cold shower or an ice bath. Like, Yeah, same thing. You know it's going to be cold. It's not, you're not going to die though. It's not going to kill you. You're on a little different case. You, oh, yeah. You, know, you land on your head, you're in some trough. Yeah. But we, like, yeah, you can die. You know, replying to an email that someone like wants like negative feedback for, like, yeah. It's not life and death. No, it's a little bit true. different for you though. You know? Yeah, writing an email and racing mountain bikes is similar. Yeah, same yeah. philosophy, but uh, <laughs> different outcome potentially. It's it it does like teach you stuff though. That's yeah. that's the cool thing, and like to learn that at a young age, um, and then always be coming back to that and going, I can do hard things. I can do things that scare me. Um, I can get incredibly uncomfortable, um, and have a lot of people watching me and still do it. Um, and have so many times where I tried it and I didn't do it. Like I failed, I crashed, broke something, ended up in hospital, whatever. Um, but that didn't matter. Like I just learned something from it and then I either decided to go back and do it again or I didn't for a while and then eventually everything was still okay. Yep. Um, yeah. As someone who was a nervous, anxious, not step out of your comfort zone type kid, reflect. have you reflected on that now? Or am I going to make you talk about your feelings like now? You can make me talk about my feelings. But I'm going to make you do it anyway. I'm just I'm <laughs> Let's open up. I've thought about. Let's open like up. Like looking back now, like what has mountain biked allowed you to do that previously you hadn't? Like what doors did it open for you like selfishly? Like as in like what are the barriers that you feel like are really easy, easy to overcome? Or how have you become the person you are now by doing mountain biking as a sport and doing hard shit? Yeah, I think... Um yeah, there's some pretty, pretty like common uh, examples I reckon that come to mind. Things like, um, like social anxiety, yeah. like going to events and being worried about you know who's there or like not feeling yourself and stuff like that. I think everyone kind of can understand sometimes what that feels like. And I think, you know, going through stuff like with riding as a kid, it can help you kind of just be more settled and go. It helps you feel more self assured as well. Um, I think like going through all the stuff with riding and um, the challenges that you overcome and whatever it does, it, it makes you feel inside like you can do things like you don't, you're not necessarily, and cause it's an individual sport, it's not team sport. You, it kind of teaches you to be, be quite like self-sufficient and resilient and not necessarily rely on other people for your success, your wins and all that sort of thing. So I kind of digressed a little bit there, but, yeah, in instances where you're going to feel uncomfortable and, you, and you're worried about an outcome, it definitely helps you um, overcome that. Same as like with getting a new job. Like I'm going to a job interview. What if I don't get it? It doesn't matter if you don't get it. Just go anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, it's my first day on the job and you get thrown on the gym floor and you think you're shadowing someone, but then they say, oh, you're going to run the class. Like yeah. you just do it. Um, and I'm not saying that those instances were easy. They were really hard. Um, like Robbo just making me do the class the first day or something, whatever happened. Um, it's not that it just, I went, oh, this is easy. It's like, I still shit myself. Yeah. Um, but you just learn that like shitting yourself is okay. Mm -hmm. And you're probably just going to be fine anyway. So you just do it. Yeah. It's not as bad as you may think it is. Nah. Um, but yeah, certainly with the self-assured thing and, um, like, yeah, just knowing that things that are uncomfortable are going to be all right. Yeah. That's probably the biggest parallel I reckon. What a, how would you introduce someone to the sport who's never done it before? Like, what, what, what would you do? Someone listens to this and go, hey, I want to try this. Where do they start? Literally, buy a bike. It's, even if it's like a secondhand one, secondhand market's mad. You can pick up, like, bikes for peanuts now that were so good a few years ago. Um, get yourself a bike. Even if it's like a cheap bike, three $400, whatever. Get out to somewhere like Easy As, Listerfield, Ride some easy tracks, nothing hard, nothing that's going to hurt you or anything like that, and just feel what it's like to get out in the fresh air, in the nature, with your mates, talking shit, having a laugh, and you're actually doing something that's like helping your fitness, helping your health, um, and you're all like connecting and just having fun, whatever. That's where it starts probably for everyone. Um, and then once you do that and you catch the bug and then you start spending all your money on bikes and 
golf going, clubs. Or golf clubs. <laughs> um, and then, but then you start to realise that, oh, like, that's not the only place I can go. I can go here, there, you know, interstate. I could go overseas and do it. You can do it anywhere in the world. Yep. Um, but not only that, that, like, the more that you do it, and the more that you're into it, the more that you enjoy it, and you open your eyes to these other locations, you realise that like you can probably go and see parts of the world that maybe you wouldn't have gone to either. Yeah, um, a great little segue to my next question: top three destinations. Where do you want to go? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> that was that was my next question. So I'm so glad you talked about that. Canada in June, July. No, where do you want to go? Oh, where, where do I want to go? Where, 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 where am I going? No, nah, oh. where do you want to go? Okay. Dream. Oh, Time, money, nothing is a barrier. Where are you oh, going? nothing's a barrier. Nothing's a barrier. Oh, okay. Um, so you got too excited about the question. You forgot the answer. Yeah, <laughs> I was already just like, I'm, I know where I'm going. <laughs> um, oh, well, I guess like time and money and stuff doesn't really come into it because you can travel anywhere you want if you just decide that you just want to go there. Like it's yeah. it's definitely, I don't know. I'd, I really want to go to South America. I think like a tour through South America would be really cool. It's kind of a scary place, but at the same time, like I know so many people that have been there and some of the things that you can see there and stuff is just nuts. Like, and it's definitely a part of the world. Like I've been to Mexico, yeah. but Mexico is just... Cancun though? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> no. I do that. Me- Mexico is... Uh, Mexico is, I wouldn't even class Mexico as South America. It's more like it's too close to the US to be yeah. like what you will experience when you go right down south. So, that's probably completely false, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't matter. Nah, like, I'd love to do South America. Um, I'm going to Canada in June, July, and that's been on the bucket list since I was, like, 16. Um, and then, I think, I want to say, like, Mongolia area. I don't know why, but I've always just been, like... That's just a weird part of the world, man. There's a lot going on there. And I think it would just be like really like rich to like just go there and just see what it's like. It looks so barren and like you're just in the middle of nowhere. Because I went to China in 2008 um, and some of the places that we went there, I can't even remember the names of. We were out the middle of nowhere and it was like we're in Mars, like on Mars. Yeah. It was so weird. Yeah. What about riding? Where do you want to ride? Canada. Um, Where in Canada? Oh, uh, big, big country. It is a big country. <laughs> um, there's like, well, I'll fly. I will go into Vancouver and go to Whistler and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, there's really good riding in Vancouver, Vancouver Island, and there's a few other like spots around in that sort of area that are like lesser known. But I don't know, following a lot of riders and stuff. Like, yeah. they ride there a lot. So, I'd probably want to go check out a lot of places there. I really want to go over to New Zealand. There's a massive scene in New Zealand now. Um, everyone knows, like, Queenstown's kicking off. So <laughs> Yeah, I've done the one in Queenstown. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Um, and they've got a really strong racing scene as well. So, going over there, doing some riding racing would be sick. Um, and I'm really excited to get to Tassie. Tassie's now got some of the best trails in the world. Yeah. So, it'd be sick to get down there in June. Uh, end of, no, sorry, end of March. Nice. End of March, we got Tassie. What's on your bucket list? Or fuck it list, as I've been calling it. Oh, the fuck it list. Um, Not the movie. It's a horrible movie. <laughs> the one with Morgan Freeman? Nah, there's, a, there's another one. It's like Teeny Bopper. Like, bad. Okay. Remind me not to watch it. Hey, Campbell, don't watch it. Okay. Thank you. What's on your bucket list, Campbell? What's on my bucket list? That's a weird question. It's okay. That's why I'm here. What's on my bucket list? What's something you want to do you haven't done? I like thought-provoking questions. Mm. I'm going to let you simmer on this one too. I'm simmering. Yeah. I'm simmering pretty hard at the moment. I actually can't think. Sounds like potential. <laughs> Emotional, damn it. That comes after. I just, I just wanted to press that. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since we tested it before, I've just been wanting to press that. <laughs> Um, what's on the bucket list? Is there a crickets button? No. George, you can put it in after the credits. Definitely need a crickets button. After the credits? I don't know. I've thought about the usual shit, like skydiving, bungee jumping, rah, rah, rah. But at the same time, I kind of don't really care. Yeah. Um, 
So, I don't know. Other than that, like, really exciting. Actually, no. It doesn't have to be exciting. What do you want to do? I really want to go and drive a race car. Yeah. Yeah, that would be sick. Might have a hook up for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll but do I get to drive it? We'll talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. I, I, I got a guy. Because uh, you know a guy. <laughs> I actually know a guy that owns a race car. Um, remind me to talk to you about that afterwards. Um, I don't want to stitch him up on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to name names yeah, no. in case he goes. Not a chance. No yeah. <laughs> sponsors dropped yeah. instantly. Um, yeah, I think like I've been I've loved race cars ever since I was a kid, mm. and used to just burn a million hours on V8 supercars on PlayStation Two. So <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've always wanted to drive a race car and see what that's like. Um, that's probably the biggest one yeah. I reckon. Yeah, I would just love to see what that feels Red like. Balloon do like hot laps or something, don't they? Yeah, like you can go and in saying that, right? So like, to my knowledge, you can go do like a V eight hot lap or whatever, where they put you in like a, I don't know, yeah, me though, just tuned up street car that's yeah. got like a roll cage in it or whatever, um, and they hold your hand while you do it, and you don't really like get to do too much, but yeah, I think like driving a proper race car would be sick. I wouldn't mind as well. This one terrifies me. I would actually really like to do a track day on a motorbike. Okay. Not that I can ride a motorbike very well. I can ride a dirt bike okay, but I reckon a, a street bike would be crazy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, maybe like yeah, the whole like lateral shift, get on your side thing, really freaks me out. Uh, <laughs> so one of my one of my clients, client plug, Tim Large Weapon. Um, it's an he, exceptional last name. It's yes. Poor, poor kid. Large individual. <laughs> Um, he actually took out the Vic Super Sport 600 title, I'm pretty sure, last year. Yep. Legend. Um, yeah, seeing, like, seeing him and, like, th- that level of people, like, rip around Phillip Island is just phenomenal. Um, yeah, I've got a few friends that go down there and, like, pretty regularly and have Porsches, things like that. And, like, oh, yeah. I'd different world. <laughs> It'd be so sick. Um, terrifying. Terrifying, but so cool. Um, so I reckon that would be that would be a, a really good one. Um, what's on the bucket list? I climbed a mountain in China when I was fifteen. I'd actually love to go do that again. Um, it was terrifying. Yeah. Um, that's oh. definitely on the bucket list to go back and do it again. That's on my bucket list. Seven summits. Yep. Um, Not that I'm a very good hiker, but I will be. Yeah, that'll it'll test you. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Oh, I like doing hard shit. Yeah, that's very true. Twenty three point one or whatever it was. Um the yeah, like but that mountain as as well, like that wasn't like a snow capped Everest yeah. type scenario with like breathing apparatus and shit. It was just like a really high mountain and we were just on the side of a cliff face like this. Like yeah. and that was really cool. But seeing a common theme here, Campbell. What? You like doing life threatening shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Maybe I do. I don't know. I don't really think like that because I see other people that I know that do life-threatening shit all the time. On a different level as well. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, they are crazy. Like, that's a whole nother mindset. So, like, I don't think I'm that sort of person. But, yeah, I guess some of the things I do like are a bit risky. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's a bit of a theme, motorsport and things with wheels and... Fast things and fast things and high heart rate and life threatening. Yeah, high heart rate. Yeah, love that. Nice. Yeah. Other than that, I don't really know. Maybe going to Africa. Africa. Yeah, that'd be cool. Or safari. Yeah, look, cheeky safari. Have <laughs> you seen the pyramids? No, that's in. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not in Africa. <laughs> oh shit! No, that's that is in Africa. <laughs> it is in Africa. Okay. Yes. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, safari <laughs> and then finish with the pyramids. Yeah, there you go. Work your way up. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, natural progression. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice. Now, that'd be. Oh, do you know actually what would be sick? I don't know if you can do it anymore, but how they take you out into the jungle or whatever, and you get like really close to the silverback gorillas. It's cool. Didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, that'd be crazy. One of my mates just did that, um, and he's a really good photographer. Yeah, that's sick. And he took some really close up photos of silverbacks, and it was it looked unbelievable. Yeah, that's cool. So nice. Yeah. What's on the horizon, Gamble? What's on the horizon? Head in Canada. Yeah, you are. The big, the big things, I guess, on the horizon is like racing Tassie, going to Canada for a bunch of time, yep. come back, work out the rest after that. Nice. 
Yeah. What are you most excited about for Canada? Get to see my man, Nick Archer. Um, also get to see my man, Nick Dawling. And then, yeah, just ride some of the best trails in the world that I've literally watched on videos since I was like 14. Nice. Um, and kind of like, yeah, that's a big bucket list item for me. So tick that one off. Um, and haven't been to the States for ages. So it'll be cool to just get over there again and... Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, spend some time over there. So that'll nice. be cool. It'll be like a big reset, I reckon. Nice. Yeah, proper like time off work and not just like a local holiday, like a big, big holiday. Nice. What's yeah. something uh, you wish people knew about you, Campbell, that they don't know? Something I wish people knew about me. Yeah. You're a moderately openly closed book. I'm a moderately open... <laughs> you like that? Moderately <laughs> openly closed book. Yeah. I've been called a lot of things, Mitchell. I've never been <laughs> called like that, that before. You like that one? It's a nice one to get you thinking about what the hell that actually means. <sighs> What's something I wish people knew about me? Yeah. <laughs> that stumped me. I love this. I actually don't know. Um... Sounds like potential. I felt like your brain's ticking over to something good here. It's not ticking over to anything good. There's just a chimpanzee with symbols just smashing. You're the second oh. person on this podcast to mention that. Oh, really? Yeah. Seems like I ask hard questions that make people think a bit. <laughs> yeah. My la- As uh, Plug says, I've got two brain cells left fighting for third place. That's, that's so. a good one. I might steal that too. Yeah. So we're taking the cans and that. The cans, <laughs> the brain cells, yeah. Yeah. But look, at the moment, there's not a lot happening in there. Uh, I'll give you a leading question into an answer. Okay. Not that I have an answer for you, but... Excellent. What is something that you would like more people to know that you have a... Either don't get to express or don't get to show that side of you? That internally you go, you know what? Don't know how to do this. I'm actually really stumped on this question. It's not a bad thing. I don't know. I don't know if I'm struggling to interpret <laughs> what's what the question's asking me to say, or whether I was just curious. You know, how do I? Yeah, how do I articulate this? I don't know. Um, is this something about me, like on a personal level, something that I don't? Any and either say, and do? all. Any either or. Could be anything. Just a nice question I've liked to ask people recently, so I'm continuing the trend. Have you had some good answers? I've had a lot of thinking because it's it's yeah. a left to center question. That yeah, like, it you know is. What? I actually don't really know. Yeah, it's a hard question to answer. Yeah. I think um, it is a hard question. I feel like I am pretty open with a lot of people about most things. Yeah. So I don't feel like I close myself off that badly. Yeah. Like that's wrong with that. Um. I don't know. At the same time, I definitely feel like I can close things in pretty hard if I need to. So, yeah. I don't know. What's something you want to try you haven't tried? What What's is something you want to try that you haven't tried? What's something I want to try that I haven't tried? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's hard as well. Uh, what's something I want to try that I haven't tried? Is this anything? Yeah, anything, yeah. Food, anything, like anything, anything. I really watch people. I really enjoy watching people work out what part to answer this question because it could be food, could be experience, could be anything. Activity. Oh, I actually wouldn't mind going zorbing. Zorbing. Yeah. That is a great answer. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. This, I love the answers. Just, you know what? I really want to do that. I was like, what's something that would be sick to do that I've never done? And I was and what like, do you think? Rolling down a ball down a hill. Oh, I'm with some a trend. water. <laughs> and you're soaking wet and you're completely out of control. I'm seeing a trend. Great. Oh, yeah. Downhills, out yeah. of control. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my man. We are going to wrap things up. What you talk about you didn't think you were going to talk about? Biking. <laughs> 
Yeah, I didn't think we were going to talk about bikes so much. Um, I had spent so much time this week rehearsing an answer for when you said, I want you to talk about something that you're passionate about yeah. that um, <laughs> you think that the guys are really going to benefit from. Yeah. And I rehearsed it as ad nauseum <laughs> and we haven't even talked about it. What was it? Um, so I, t- I, probably took the, I, t- I probably took the question too, literally. I, I thought that I really needed to find something and it wouldn't come out organically. I thought you were just going to ask me, now what do you want to talk about that the guys are going to find value in? Yeah. Um, because I think I take these things too literally, a little bit, and don't don't <laughs> let them, and don't let them um, just happen organically. But I was gonna talk about in and amongst the coaching chat just how recently I've realised that things kind of go full circle, and that I've had two seventeen-year-old kids, one of which I've trained for like two or three years, and one who just approached me at the races the other week, who I've formed a bit of a bond with over the last couple of years. And I had this moment where I realised in a conversation I had with Bailey, who was the one I've trained for two or three years about nutrition, that I can be a big voice of reason for him in and amongst his world where he's just, kids these days are just falling victim so hard to social media and the like oversaturation of just information getting thrown at them. And he was just asking me about keto and counting calories and stuff like that. And I just had this short convo with him just to say like, you're like 15, 16, 17, whatever, in high school, you don't need to be on a diet. Like you just need to be moving and eating well and whatever and just breaking that down for him and not, and trying to help him not get stuck in the weeds of just this, all this info getting thrown at him that he doesn't need to be falling victim to. And then I had this other moment with Paddy where he reached out and then his mum came and spoke to me about me coaching him and mentoring him a little bit for his racing because he's doing incredibly well. He's like top three in under-19s. And I like flashed back to this moment where I was 16, 17 and I got a coach and he was like a huge voice of reason for me at that time. Um, And I think like the whole way through my coaching career so far, every now and again, I get these moments where I go, oh gee, I'm really, I'm progressing here. Like teaching someone to do a job that doesn't know how to do a job. Like those little things, they pop up every now and again and you go, oh yeah, I am really getting somewhere. Because a lot of the time you just go, day in, day out, coaching, same things, all that sort of stuff. Um, And I just had this big moment where I was like, I'm now the coach helping the kid. Um, And I know how important that was to me when I was 16, 17. And I wasn't really listening to the things mum was saying. And the coach (laughs) would tell me the same thing. And I'd be like, mum, coach told me this. So I just had this big epiphany moment thing where I was like, yeah, things go full circle. Like, you know, you go through things and then you can help people go through it and whatever. So it was pretty cool. You well rehearsed I th- that one. That I excellent. thought we were going to talk about that, that and then we didn't. That was excellent. So there you go. <laughs> Welcome to podcasting. Thank you. Who's a last question? Are you sure? I promise. I promise this is my okay. last question. Mm-hmm. Who is someone in your world that you would love me to talk to? As a future guest. As a future guest. Anyone and everyone. Could be anyone. Anyone and everyone. I can talk to a fish underwater. Wait, I can talk. <laughs> Words, things. I think that's how it goes. Fading, something like that. You know what I mean. Uh, need more caffeine. <laughs> need more food. Um, someone in my world. I don't have to know them. You don't have to know them. I do not have to know them. Jeez, there's a lot of good people. Really easy question to answer with lots of people then. <laughs> nah, they're all too good. They're all yeah, too pretty, good. Shit, actually, fair. Um, fitness related, not nah. fitness related. Nah. nah. Second part to the question: Who's mm. someone you'd like to know more about that you think this is a good platform to do it on? That has good things to say, value to add that potentially hasn't, or doesn't have the platform to. Hmm. I like your thinking face. George, can you um can you zoom zoom in on this? That's your zoom lander face. No, I need, I need <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I need to just go back to thinking. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even realise how much I squint until I've come on this podcast. <laughs> Far out. Wait till you see the recording. Um I hate watching it back. I've overcome that barrier. I hated watching the one back that Plugger and I did. Yeah. Oh well, man. This would be yeah, ten or eleven. 
No, this would be 10 for me. Tyler's going to do one. But 10 what? 10 potties? In this season, yeah. You've done more than that, though. I've done more than that before, yeah. But yeah. in this like iteration of me in charge, I've got over the barrier of listening right. to myself and seeing myself and the hand gestures that I make and things. Yeah. Yeah. It's very handsy. Yeah, it's a handsy Deliverable. Podcast. Greg Day, Speaker School. <laughs> um, oh, I'm actually struggling to think of a guest. I think if I come back to the story that I had before, someone that I can think of off the top of my head would be the coach that I had as a junior, Jarrah, yep. um, from Swift Supplements, um, Jarrah Brace. You could get him on, have a chat to him. I'm in. He's a great guy. He, he has started his business to kind of create a better product in the supplement industry because it was full of garbage and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, he's got some. He's got an interesting story. He's an ex-elite-level ex athlete and, yeah, has coached a lot of people and whatever. He'd probably have a pretty interesting story. Excellent. I love that. Yeah. See, that wasn't too hard. You made it. There you go. Aaron. Welcome. See you on the podcast, Jara. Mish. Aaron, three minutes-ish. Is that long? Is that short? That's normal. Is it? Yeah. Normally from an hour I'm just to perfectly minutes. average? No, you're on par. Okay. My under par by a shot? Not at all. Oh, damn. People like seeing this part of you, don't worry. Okay. Especially Tyler. Because Tyler asked you who's your favourite coach. And he didn't answer him, so you be real fun <laughs> about it. Oi, <laughs> he didn't ask me who my favourite coach was. He asked me who my favourite team member was. True. That's on me, Tyler. That's very true. On that nah, man. Love the boon. <laughs> the boon. The yeah, boon. Who's coming on here? Good. He doesn't know it yet. But he's oh, there. Wally came on here as well. Yeah. Should be episode. Interesting. Seven. Is that because you couldn't get me? Uh, I think you were actually meant to be before her and then I fucked up. <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> I told her that as a joke and she was so cut. <laughs> she would be. Yeah, she was. Now we had a good chat. Nah, anyway, she's, she's a weapon. I'm out of here, my man. Well, we're out of here. Thank you. On with our night, week, life. Lovely chatting. It's been great. Sorry. Who's got bigger pops? Oh, I'm Russell. Pleasure. Yeah, Thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for visiting. Thank we'll you. do it again. We will. We can talk about your story now that you've preloaded it and practiced it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got it out. Thank thank God. That was a weight on my shoulders I need to get off. Yes, sir. Campbell's coaching Instagram in the link below. At Coach Campbell underscore. He doesn't use it much, but it's there. I don't. I'm terrible. <laughs> I need All new right. content. Out of here. We're Thanks out. for listening. Have a good day. Emo. 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 Emotional, damn it. Damn child. <laughs> Have a good day.